Right now on CBS News Bay Area, it is a major shakeup at the Oakland Police Department. Chief LaRon Armstrong fired amid an investigation into how he handled investigations of police misconduct. I want to be very clear that this is not a disciplinary action. Um, I have lost confidence in Chief Armstrong. We have reaction tonight from the community and the chief himself. Also, the man accused of running a drug lab that led to a deadly explosion in the sunset makes his first court appearance. This as we hear from more neighbors who are now coming to the realization that moving forward will be difficult. It's total, total loss. It's everything like damaged, everything like really gone. This is CBS News Bay Area with Juliet Goodrich. Good evening. We begin with breaking developments tonight regarding leadership at the Oakland Police Department. After three years on the job, LaRon Armstrong was fired from his position as police chief. Newly elected Mayor Sheng Tao says she no longer has confidence that he will take the department in the direction that supports her vision for the city. Our Andrea Nakano was at the announcement that happened late this afternoon, and she joins us live now with new information. Andrea. Juliet, Mayor Sheng Tao passed out this statement, read it word for word, then took questions from reporters. She says she was troubled by some of the comments that the chief made during the investigation, so she decided to fire him without cause. Our goal here is not to be punitive. To be very clear that this is not a disciplinary action. Um, I have lost confidence in Chief Armstrong to ensure that we move forward and um, impact the vision for the city of Oakland. Now, the chief was placed on administrative leave on January 19th for how he handled a police misconduct case. It stems from an investigation into a former Oakland police sergeant accused of a hit and run and firing his service weapon inside the elevator at police headquarters. Chief Armstrong felt the investigation was biased. He admitted he didn't read the entire report, which he tells us is a common practice among chiefs and ultimately decided not to fire the officer. The mayor says this was her decision and she she fired him without running her decision by the police commission, which usually has a say in these matters. I am honoring that policy in setting the same standards for the chief, which is the 30 day lapse today. I had hoped that the commission would be able to review the investigation and recommend action, but they were not able to do that. And so again, I have the utmost respect for the civilian oversight, but in the end, I am responsible for making sure we have leadership at OPD and that is committed to necessary reforms. Andrea, certainly a bold move by the newly elected mayor. So I'm curious, did she say anything about what is next, who she plans to hire as chief? Well, she says she will now work with the police commission to try to look at a diverse pool of candidates and find one that is committed to reform. In the meantime, interim chief Darren Allison takes over the department, but this is a department that has had numerous chiefs over the years, Juliet. Certainly a revolving door there. All right, Andrea, thank you. All right, now Armstrong did release a statement saying, I am deeply disappointed in the mayor's decision after the relevant facts are fully evaluated by weighing the evidence instead of pulling sound bites from strategically leaked inaccurate reports. It will be clear I was a loyal and effective reformer of the Oakland Police Department. Going on to say, it will be equally clear that I committed no misconduct and my termination is fundamentally wrong, unjustified, and 
unfair. I anticipate releasing a more detailed statement soon once I have the chance to fully digest the mayor's remarks. Now, I had a chance to talk with Armstrong just last week. He denied any wrongdoing and expressed his love for the city where he grew up. To make it to this point, starting from here, and then have someone take it away from me, it's just not the way in which I want my career to end or my reputation to be. There are people in this community that look up to me. You could retire. I could retire today. I'm here because I really am committed to making Oakland safer. Okay, again, that interview was from last week, and since being on leave, Armstrong fought hard to get his job back, and he did it all in the public eye, obviously. He granted interviews, he took part in rallies on the steps of City Hall with black and Asian American community leaders, and he got the support of the NAACP. Uh, Oakland, prior to LeBron Armstrong becoming the chief, was averaging six to seven shootings of African Americans per year. Uh, since he's taken over the police department, there has been zero shootings of African-Americans under his leadership. All right, Wiley went on to call the firing a step backwards from all the progress that has been made within the Oakland Police Department over the past two years. Meanwhile, the Officers Association president has released a statement saying, in part, despite the turmoil surrounding the leadership of the police department, Oakland residents can be assured that Oakland's hardworking police officers have remained on duty throughout responding to 911 calls, investigating crime, and will continue with their dedicated service to our city. And the Oakland Police Commission is meeting tonight. Now, they were supposed to talk about possible disciplinary actions for the chief, but not that conversation. Now it will be much different, so stay with us. We'll have more reaction on the chief's firing and the future of public safety in the city of Oakland coming up at 11 on The Late News with Sarah Donchi. All right, turning to some other news. Big story tonight. The San Francisco man accused of causing the deadly home explosion last week in the Sunset District. He made his first court appearance today. 53-year-old Darren Price wasn't actually arraigned today. The judge pushed that to Friday. We weren't allowed to show Price's face, but his attorney stood with her hand on his shoulder in support throughout the hearing. Prosecutors say butane vapors from an illegal drug lab in the home may have interacted with a dryer causing the blast. The judge also granted the attorney's request to let Price talk to his children while he's in jail. When they are facing what will likely be the most difficult moments of their entire life, at bare minimum, he should be allowed to speak with them. And I think he, he has an incredible amount of love for them, and he is so concerned about them and their well-being right now. Price is facing a total of nine felony charges, including involuntary manslaughter, a drug manufacturing charge, and four counts of reckless burning. His kids were not home at the time of the blast, but he is facing two counts of child endangerment, as well as one count of elder abuse. The medical examiner identified the victim as 51-year-old Rita Price, Darren Price's wife. A friend of hers said Price was wheelchair-bound after suffering some sort of stroke or brain aneurysm years ago. She leaves behind three children. Her oldest was out of town when the explosion happened. The two younger children are staying with a relative now. now the blast caused massive damage to neighboring homes, and our Katie Nielsen is in the sunset with how those residents are hoping to move forward. 
We're here on 22nd Avenue, the site of that explosion. And just about 45 minutes ago, a closed door meeting wrapped up. It was only for residents who were impacted. Residents much like the Garth family who used to live here in this yellow house. Bits and pieces, really. David Garth was only able to salvage a handful of items from the home he go. and his family lived in for almost a decade. These were two of her favorite books. A few mementos and books from a back bedroom that didn't burn in the aftermath of Thursday morning's explosion. It's total, total loss. It's everything like damaged, everything like completely gone. David's wife, Nang, says their six-year-old daughter's bedroom was on the side of the house closest to the explosion, and now almost everything inside is unrecognizable. Normally I would have been home at that time, but uh, that day things played out differently, and thank goodness we weren't there. His relief turns to frustration as he talks about his former neighbor, Darren Price, who has since been charged with crimes related to the explosion, but has not been convicted. I'm angry at Darren for killing his wife and endangering everybody else, destroying our home and the other neighbor's home over there. Almost a dozen homes were damaged in some way by the blast, which is why San Francisco Supervisor Joel Engardio is hosting a closed-door meeting for impacted residents. We just want to bring all the department heads together to talk to the residents and, and offer information and potential resources. David and his wife are hoping there's more the city can do to help. He says they don't have renter's insurance and their only safety net right now is an online fundraising campaign. Most of what survived, which is clothing that was in the back bedrooms, we've been told not to use because it may be contaminated with asbestos or lead from the old house and also from next door and also the chemicals that uh, Darren was playing with. That community meeting was not open to members of the media, but we did have a chance to talk with some of the residents when they came out. They said they were grateful that the city put something together to talk with them about all of the services available, but then we're also somewhat disappointed to hear there is not going to be a lot of financial help coming their way.